Welcome to the Mortal Realms, an Age of Sigmar story phase. Grab your hammer so we can clear a path through the chaos and forge our own narratives in the Age of Sigmar. Your allies through the moon gates this episode are... I'm Davey, and I'm just an object swirling around the destructive random force of this podcast. <laughs> Aren't we all? I'm Paul, and uh, shroom, shroom, shakalaka-laka, shroom, 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 shakalaka, shroom, shroom. <laughs> Keep it going, don't stop now. <laughs> uh, I'm Aaron, and when a new battle tone comes out, you know we gotta cover it. <laughs> and this is and this is Eric, and there's a mushroom in my heart for these mangla squigs. In this episode, we cover the lore of the Gloom Spike Gets Battle Tome. Get ready to hear the a whole lot of backstabbing, petty thievery, idol worship, and illicit substance consumption. Uh, don't do this at home, kids. And then after all that, maybe we'll have some time to talk about Grotz. And then we'll play Warhammer. <laughs> How are you doing tonight, gentlemen? Very good. So good. I'll tell you what, let's just cut it there. That was a pretty good episode. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. Really solid. You know, I'd say, let's just go around again. I mean, it can only go downhill from here. Yeah, true. You're yeah. allies through the realm gate this episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No. I don't have anything else. Uh, so what's been going on? Uh, Happy New Year. Happy yeah. New Year! Yeah. Happy Chinese I feel like we New missed Year. missed the boat on that, but well, hap- Happy New Army. I yeah. think I think it was probably safe to let this first month go by just to make sure that the the, the New Year stuck. We can we can move forward. Aaron <laughs> likes that conservative cagey style <laughs> sure, play. You never know. You know yeah. Can't commit too early. I want to take the <laughs> yeah. hits unless I have to. Yeah. Yep. Uh, anybody got any hobby resolutions? Hobby resolutions. Attend one. Uh, game-based <laughs> tournament and game-based hit up hit up Alpaca last week. Check done, done, yes. and done. You're gonna take a nap now, so we're good. And nice again. Way to play it safe. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do what I gotta do. Has anybody got any plans? Any anything you're doing in your hobby now or trying to do? So I know it's a little bit of a reach for me, just given the output I've had recently. But uh, I'd like to get all my. Uh, Underworlds Warbands painted nice. this year. Nice. I might shoot for that. Uh, I'm pretty close to four done at this point, but uh, by the time it's done, I think there's going to be 16, so <laughs> time to get Quarter of the way there. So, well, the other thing I'd like to do uh, is close out something to 2,000 points. Overlords would be a great thing to do. Uh, I haven't enjoyed like a ton of how they play on the battlefield, but I'm, it's the painting project I'm the most proud of. Uh, got it out for a, our monthly night and uh, seeing them on the board, it's the first time that like I put something on the board that was painted in a way that I was like, I'm, I'm motivated by my own painting on this. Uh, get a load of this guy. She's yeah, I mean, compared to... I'm, I'm uh, my own motivation. It, it, yeah, well, <laughs> it, if I want to start feeling bad, I can just go back to like WAPAC or, or uh, any of the Holy Wars events and, and <laughs> look around, and then I can feel like a douche uh, as far as my painting abilities. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, like uh, going up to a, a level, and it would be fun to get them... Get them to two thousand, and then uh, just do some narrative play. Like I uh, just do pick pick some choices that are not great, uh, but uh, fun and thematically work. So like a uh, uh, yeah, like uh, more boats basically. Um, boats for days. Yeah, boats even though that that frigate almost broke me. Uh, <laughs> so, but I, I man, I saw we were, I was up at Wapaka uh, for the Underworlds part and uh, saw saw somebody's ironclad and I'm like mm, I want so mm-hmm. yeah me. and I give me most of the way to 2k so that's me who else what what do we got uh well I went to Wapaka I, uh, I managed to not finish my army and yet I managed to finish another army instead which I know 
I guess it was probably about the same amount of work. <laughs> That's a very Paul statement. Yeah, I was going to drop the army because it was too much work, and then I decided to put a ton more work into the army that I was taking. It's not about the work. It's about the motivation, about the inspiration. Yeah. So you ain't, you ain't wrong. Uh, um, so that actually, I, I was super happy with that for the level of paint that I put into it. So um, so I got a Night Haunt army ready for 2,000 points. Nice. Um, and it didn't come together until literally like an hour before I left. <laughs> but... Uh. It definitely came together super well. So I've got like a ulcer just thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you probably would have left it to the car right up, except he was driving. So yeah, exactly. Could've... I had to drive. So I mean, I could have trusted it to my passenger, but eh, you know, you're supposed to pin it all yourself. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm working on for Adepticon and our Tale of Four War Gamers uh, with Mitzi Jimbo and uh, Tyler Mengel. I'm working on finishing up a thousand points, and I'm kind of in a in a stuck point because everything is um, really um, I don't know, everything's custom made, custom built, all that kind of stuff. So it's a little bit of a block because I get to a point with my ironclad and and the sails and all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, oh, do I like it? And I don't know if it's if I like it or if I don't like it or if I'm just like terrified to actually paint the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Um, and then I have a whole um, display board with a giant fish to to do too. So I'm a little. This is all for Acon. Yep. Yeah, in two Ooh. months, less than two months. Uh, so I'm I'm a if little. There's anyone? If there's anyone in this room who can do it. <laughs> well, and, and push up. Maybe they'll postpone Acon. So like, I mean, yeah. maybe it'll be super there. cold all the yeah. way until Acon. Um, so I've I've got I've just got to get my my button gear. But in that terms, I'm also having so much fun, uh, kind of not just being a mono gamer at the moment. Like I've, I've been playing AOS for so long, but Sitting get, right here. getting into Warhammer fantasy battle role play <laughs> sure, has bu- been, you're, you're buttering me up. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah that's been pretty yeah. awesome. Uh, you know, um, looking at, um, playing a little locally, playing some kill team, playing some, uh, Necromunda and doing it research to, so I can, uh, help make skirmish better in AOS. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Someone turned down your levels. Um, you know, that, that's bringing me a lot of joy in terms of just having a lot of little things to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even in, <laughs> even in my, uh, my Drukhari drawn, I've sidetracked to make a, a force of, of privateers that have no way of working in AOS as they are. It's man, it's man eater ogres leading, uh, long beard, pirate long beards. <laughs> <I'm just like, laughs> it's crazy. Right. Uh, so, I feel like there was like a story that had something very similar to that. I mean, not specifically, but weren't there like mercenary ogres mm-hmm. or something? Well, you can, the, you the can definitely ally in the fire soldiers, Ooh. right? So you can definitely do that. Well, well, but but I'm going on I'm going on hobby tangents, <laughs> and they're they're to the point Davey was making. Like they don't make any game sense. Yeah, but they're just a lot of fun to think about and put together and mm-hmm. bring to life. So that's that's all of that. And then in 2019, um, you know. In December, mm-hmm. uh, we rebooted the campaign phase, um, and Brian Orban's been uh, joining me on that, and that's been a lot of fun. And uh, Paul and I have uh, gone a little crazy with the scrying phase, um, which crazy is like got, a fox, though. <laughs> had some good responses. So crazy um, like a brain damage fox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crazy and, like an actual crazy fox. Yeah. And, and and then Aaron and I've been working on trying to boost the website and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of that sort of stuff that's been a lot of fun to kind of dig in. Revitalize the Mortal Realms. The Mortal Realms. forward slash Stone Monks Hobby Plot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, we got what the hex on there. And Underworld. Stuff. And that's been yeah. another really fun thing. Uh, Davey, you starting with what the hex has just. I don't know. There's just a lot of energy going on in this group. 
Uh, we've got a few other people that we've kind of pulled in and, and are like, hey, record with us, make good content, have some fun. And uh, it seems like it's, I mean, it's, if if the, the only thing it does is kind of help us kind of get more excited about what we're doing, I think. It's yeah. done its job and it's worth it. So yeah. Phil hasn't noticed the uh, implant. I <laughs> so <laughs> so I've, those are those are my uh, kind of what I'm trying to tackle. How about you, Aaron? Well, no, I the will pack up. No, he's already done. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. answered he's, it. Yeah. Um, no, no, I mean to echo the what key to hitting your <laughs> yearly objectives is to make them Peak super earlier. conservative. Uh, yeah. uh, well, under uh, promise uh, and over deliver, <laughs> or under promise and how under deliver. How many? <laughs> How many spreadsheets have you started in the new year? A, oh, a couple. Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about listener stats, which don't matter, and I'm not. It's no big deal, but it's fun to watch. No. Um, so a little bit of that. Um, but you know, just uh, working on the website and, and get standardizing some of the. If you've been trying processes. to use uh, the data uh, tab on the website and it doesn't feel up to date. Oh come on, uh, man! Won't you? I'm gonna definitely tweet. edit that. Out. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Wow! I just want to make sure that you <laughs> you feel like people value someone it. O- someone offered that, uh, to help me out with it. And it didn't plan out, and so I, I took a hiatus no, from a little bit. The, the spreadsheet's up to date, though. If anybody cares, the spreadsheets are up no, to date. I'm, obviously, I'm, I can think of exactly one person who cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the person gathering about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm actually working on stuff for Adepticon too. Because uh, I got the gibbering dome, so I'm gonna try and yes. do some new stuff for my terrain for that. Um, and I need to paint the new endless spells and uh, loon shrine or loon shrine replacement. Yeah, so uh, I'm definitely gonna have to put some work in for that. But fortunately, I have all my models painted that I'm gonna be able to use one way or another. So that's oh, that's a nice. good feeling. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think next campaign phase we're gonna try and talk about the gibbering dome and get some background on that and mm-hmm. figure out where it's going. Yeah. Get into the. I mean, if you want to keep your sanity, don't listen because mm. we're gonna dive straight into the mind. Want to get into it? You know, do it. Sure. <laughs> like a like a hobby machine. Well, what if what if like you strap yourself to the mast and then like mm. you listen to it? Oh, that's that's a Odysseus. <laughs> there's there's somebody who read the book Circe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, enough. Can we talk about the story phase now? Finally. I thought you'd never ask. Sure. Well, I didn't. I felt yeah. certain he would ask at some point. Oh, it is in the yeah. notes. You really right need there. to ask. Right there. I feel like it was that. just kind of expected. Yeah, that's true. Uh, someone, someone, read me the story phase thing. In the story phase, we delve into the stories, characters, creatures, and environments of the nine realms. Oh man, Davy was the last person I expected to do it. You mm. did a great job. I love it. You just bought yourself a job, dude. Um, <laughs> wow. You got I, money from that? Yeah, you're darn right. That's no, impressive. That's not true. We don't make a cent off this. Um. <laughs> I know there's in the notes we just jump right into, it, but I have a question for you guys. Can somebody, can someone maybe just generally describe who the Gloom Spike gets are for me? For people who have no idea what we're talking about here, who are they? Like this has got to be Paul Wagner. Who are these people? Yeah. So uh, for keep those general, of you, you keep who it played in Eighth Edition, this is a conglomeration of part of what used to be Orcs and Goblins. So for those who are interested in that, it's Moon Clan, um, then it's Spider Riders, and then it's also the Trolls. All right. For those of you who are in AOS. Basically, it is a conglomeration of subterranean races of the Grot faction um, combined with some Trogoths and, you know, some Elguzzard-Gargants. Why had, not? If they had a Grand Alliance, what would you call it? I would call it Destruction. Yeah, you would. I would call it Destruction, Aaron. Perfect. Uh, if uh, they had a god they worshipped, who would it be? Uh, it would be the Bad Moon. Yeah, it would. Oh, spooky, scary. I feel like I'd call it Unstruction. Unstruction? Unstruction. Like they, they have their own little de- de- com- civilizations. Com- Postmodern deconstruction? De- yeah, all of the above. Awesome. That was enough. That's all Good I wanted. Stuff. I just wanted to dip in the toe a little bit. Um, 
So let's let's harken way back to the beginning because it's a very good place to start. Where did these dudes? <laughs> you laugh at that every time. That's not the first time I've made that joke. I still um, think it's hilarious. <laughs> thank you. Uh, that makes two of us. Uh, let's let's harken back to early days. Where, where does this? Where does this race come from? Uh, from Where do they go? Yeah. Where do they go now? Or uh, Cotton-Eyed Joe is where I was going with it. (laughs) Nice. Okay. He's got me. Yeah, it's true, true, true. Um, (laughs) So they took him all the way back to like um, Sigmar walking around the realms looking for the other gods and uh, these little just like grots and and danky things. Little dudes just gnawing on his ankles. Just trying trying to get at him. Yeah, so when you search around and I'm imagining now, so they kind of... um, was it called where they um, go back and edit uh, the history or whatever? So that, retcon. History. Retcon. There we go. Um, so imagine now one of the big th- stories of when we first got into the uh, Age of Sigmar or in the Age of Myth. You know, Sigmar finds Gorka Mork, Morka and uh, they get into a big battle and come to a stalemate. Uh, but I imagine them tearing up the place mm-hmm. and just gruts and Trogoths just getting smashed and squished and puffs. Of uh, mushroom spores, you know, all over the place. So sure. that's well, the and, vision I get. Well, of course, and and it's I guess maybe worth noting is Sigmar rolls up, and apparently these <laughs> these grots have always always been there, or they're there when when he arrives, anyways. And the mm-hmm. book doesn't necessarily make any attempts to describe where they came from before that. They just were sort of a a persistent uh, fact, uh, you know, a feature of the realms. A like growth. Even, yeah, even in the the the. Beast of Chaos book, they make it a yeah. point to say, all right, well, they, they also always existed, but, like, here's some thoughts as to where they came from. Nobody makes that attempt in this book in terms of trying to describe, like, the nobody, origins. Nobody of thinks that part about a grind. Yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> Otherwise, they get a Do they, they, they do? I, f- they, I know in some of the green skin lore across a, a Warhammer, there's some idea that they are fungus themselves or, like, from, I don't know, kind of like, uh, almost like, made from clay kind of thing and they're given life or whatever um uh, yeah i don't know if that claim is explicitly made here right uh, I feel but, like, I but feel I mean, there's a couple of brushes with it but not anything super explicit mm. sure uh it's certainly often used as a metaphor mm-hmm. right yeah. like so like they popped up like you know like mushrooms after a rain or something like that where they talk about grots appearing sure. in a spot but but doesn't explicitly come out and say that they are fungus it does squigs have eggs Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Yes. So that's a. a they, whether, well, but they also have they, bones. there's a fungus they refer to as squig eggs. Yep. Whether they are in fact squig right. eggs is up for. I see what you're saying. Well, they actually did have one of the stories where squig eggs fell out of a loon shrine and hatched squigs. Well, there you go. So okay. Cool. Um, so both sides. You're but right. They did have the squig eggs fungus, and they also. But they didn't the, mention those eggs. But before, whether so. the squigs lay the eggs. Yep. Or That's whether or not they game. are a fungus mm. called squig eggs. Whether they're the embodiment mm. of the bad moon. Do they have in vitro when it comes to squigs? Interesting. But also, <laughs> it's worth noting that, that the, the greenskins themselves do have their own sort of shamanistic tales that sort of describe where they came yeah. from. However, they don't talk about them. I mean, they, they maybe talk about like where they think the bad moon came from, which we'll talk about in a little bit, mm. or where the spider guide came from. But not where like the grots came from specifically. So Yeah. I feel like I'm missing something. I want to know more, but are they not a very self, self important? Sure, or self referential, or yeah. like reflective race? Uh, you're darn right, they're not. I, would, I <laughs> yeah. wouldn't expect them to be at all. Well, and I think this this book is definitely the definition of an unreliable narrator, and each story basically dies with the person that perpetuates it. Right? Hmm. That seems to be kind of how they told it. So when there's no history for it, to me that kind of makes sense because the 
the the loon boss that started it is dead, right? There are these legends of what's going on, but there don't necessarily seem to be so much about actual history. This is very much a rel- an unreliable narrator. You know, you mentioned stories. That brings me to a, a good point. There's a, there's a couple of stories set in the Age of Myth, mm-hmm. um, as, as with a lot of these books have, to sort of paint the picture of what life would have been like for them back there. Did you guys have any favorites from the Age of Myth that you I want to talk about? I did. Boyne Gob's Demise. Tell me about I it. I think I'm saying that right. Sure. So, Boyne Gob is the god beast father of all squigs and he's <laughs> he's like rampaging around trying to uh i mean he's causing direction a uh, destruction like incidentally but he's the uh, best kind of destruction yeah i mean but he's chasing after the light of hish uh he's like oh man this light it's like hurting my beady little eyes like i need to go chomp this thing and uh when he finally catches up to it like he like as he's chomping, it just burns into burns into pieces. You know, it, it's such a it's such a uh, grot sort of uh, tale, and it, it's what I don't know. I I thought it had the sort of fundamental thing of what makes makes these guys fun. Like it's it's okay to like lose basically. Like mm-hmm. oh, you know, they're they're just kind of goofballs, whatever. Anyway, but <laughs> like he burns up, and then his skull becomes this um, this spawning point for like squigs unnumbered. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, into into perpetuity even in death it becomes the greatest squiggler clear of all yeah yeah so survives yeah survives through chaos and all that can i make a point that i love that the fact that the the uh, the whole history is titled the ages of lunacy (laughs) (laughs) i think it's hilarious it sounds like you think it's hilarious yeah well that's pretty much it so (laughs) and uh and another uh cool story is so they talk about how the bad moon and we're going to sort of describe what the bad moon is in a little bit but it's not super omnipresent back in the age of myth like it's still around but it's not like the force that it exists sort of today um but even so when it was sort of making its presence known back there what it would do is sort of fly around and sort of attack and bite and ram into other celestial bodies um said at one point it tries to bite off dracothian's head um, <laughs> which i mean that dude had it coming like can you really blame him i think it even oh, says yeah. it does which you assume it didn't actually happen right tell like, how it almost uh-huh. manages to bite oh, okay. off Dracothian's right. head and then it defecates spore comets to destroy uh, <laughs> that was awesome that's one of my favorite sure well i mean we've all been there though right we can, um so uh that's also it sort of paints the picture of uh, it it seems like it's um the classic uh what's the word like myth from that from that age sure. however as we spend more time with this bad moon not necessarily a myth like that's the sort yeah. of thing that's very much Might in this legit happen. yeah exactly. well, and what i love is it's like this like the the uh inspiring sort of godlike thing for them so matches what sure. they do like you know, mm-hmm. yeah i see i see the it'd be weird if he was super like organized and like <laughs> uh, focused yeah well and i well, think of the of the lore i think the bad moon adds the most flavor in terms of like something new for the sure. army and then just expands kind of the imagination of it, it adds an element to the realm that's <laughs> that you're like I bet you all the other realms are like, oh no, here comes the bad. <laughs> like, like if there's any other celestial bodies, uh, I think there's a sto- actually a story of trying to take out Dracothian. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know which age that's in, but I mean, like things like these other celestial beings are like, oh God, man, the bad moon. Look who just showed <laughs> the up. The bad moon's around. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody, pretend like you're not here. Shut the lights off. I want to talk about Luna Gas, but that's later. <laughs> but like, even he's like the new baddest like moon on the block, and he's like, no, no, I got something to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing I love about it is that there's actually no statement that the bad moon actually has anything to do with the Grotz. They've just like assigned this belief in this celestial thing 
Here. And they're like, this is our God. Man, you just described astrology. But there's actually <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So do I need to be worried about like offending astrology people? Zoroastrians, they're coming after you. Yeah, well, they already were, actually, surprisingly enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's it's kind of a cool thing because it instead of like you would imagine a planetoid is what it's described as, right? As this thing that goes in a normal circuit that does a normal thing, like this is a very active, like just crazy thing that... That like is jealous apparently according to our unreliable narrator that uh, uh, it runs into other moons. I and claimed that. <laughs> <laughs> it does all kinds of crazy stuff. So it's a like not benign, but it is a, almost a benign actor in what's going on with the rest of the race uh, because there's nothing that necessarily ascribes it to the Grots. They've just ascribed meaning to it. So I don't I think mean, benign means what you think it means. You, you're saying like it's it's. Uh, totally like hands off on on the race yeah okay right sure i buy that so the the belief in the bad man if we Mm. may go there yeah Mm. is that if they can impress the bad man with their sneakiness with the backstabbiness with their whatever Mm -hmm. that it will Stick around and hang out. Yeah, it'll be called the Everdank. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, we'll we'll get there. there. What what you're saying though is. It don't care. Sure. It's it's a little bo- above that, but they don't know. Moon, moon mm-hmm. don't care. Yeah. Okay. So that that was a little bit. That's sort of the bits and pieces we have from the Age of Myth. But as everyone knows, after the Age of Myth rolls uh, rolls around is the Age of Chaos. Chaos makes its presence known in mm-hmm. the moral realms, and you better believe there's all sorts of stories from that time and place. Uh, does anybody have any favorites from that? Era? Indeed, I do. Hit me with it. Uh, the Spider Siege is pretty amazing. Sure. How amazing? Uh, it's like... Eight Spider Legs amazing. Oh, man. That's a lot of amazing. <laughs> that's a lot of amazing. Tell me about it. Uh, it's a bunch of stock tribes, which is the new name for what basically a battle force of spiders are, have gathered together to assault this Nurgle fortress, and it's basically impenetrable, you know, like... Uh, it, it seems to be resistant to every attack they can have. Uh, but, of course, the spiders don't care, because they can just crawl up the walls. But my favorite part is when they had the Skitterstrand Arachnorox, which is a new thing, uh, <laughs> that would just pop out of Realm Gates and just grab like all the Blight Kings and just, and go eat them in their own realm uh, as like basically sure. just... It's takeout. Yeah. yeah, it was ambush from the inside to just kill everything and just... It, it, it was a really cool implementation of the new uh, way that the spiders work. No, so cool. that was pretty, so, yeah, pretty was sweet. Cool. Uh, anybody else got any fun favorites? Yeah, I like the Peak of Peril. Um, mm-hmm. It's got the Overlord's connection, and I, I wasn't sure if Paul was going to jump on this before I did, but um, Airborne Plunder Fleet out of Barak Khazar descends yep. through the clouds and then uh, basically gets accidentally overtaken by uh, <laughs> a bunch of uh, Gloom Spike Gits. Yep. Uh, and before they can even like, cast off. So they're trying to retake their ancestral homeland. Uh, but turns out it's infested with grots and squigs and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. And before they can like realize that, oh no, like this is a bad, bad idea. Mm-hmm. All those gloom spike gets board their ships, take them over, and then take them back <laughs> to uh, their uh, floating fortress and just straight up crash their crash the <laughs> ship, crash all the ships like, right in. All right, we'll just ram it, breaching maneuver, uh, yep. and then uh, jump off and then infest it. And then right as they're about to get fought off, then a second wave of uh, uh, crop back scuttlers arrive, yeah. and now it is a floating a sky fortress of 
uh, gloom spike gets, which is pretty fun to think about. I like that a lot. Oh yeah. What's yeah. not fun to think about is like they say how they were able to get the ships back to where they came from is they like just had the captains like chained to their steering steering wheels and yeah. crashed their own ships into their. To be fair, I think those guys fun like. To think about. Well, I I feel like to be fair, I, I it was a little bit of like a hand waving thing. Like I feel like those guys those. Warden captains would have been like, no, I'm steering this thing into the side of a mountain. You mm. know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, they couldn't wave their hands because they were manacled to the steering sure, wheel. Yeah. But there was a lot of money in those ships. So if you, even if they could get them to the city and crash them, they could still get some money out of it. So there might have been some profit left in that adventure. That's true. Um, uh, but no, they call it the true. moon city now, which oh, is pretty awesome. Yeah. Right? A lot, um, a lot uh, of bare butts there. Um, I also like one of, my, one of the other stories here in the Age of Chaos, the Bottle Thieves. Uh, so the bottle thieves is pretty sweet because they break in and steal bottles. And, uh, if you listen to the latest Stormcast, Andy Clark talks about this, how bottles are actually a super precious resource to the Grots because they don't make any of their own. Hmm. And so you can tell how rich a Grot is by how many bottles he has piled up. Okay. Because they need to use it for all of their brews and all their, uh, Mm. potions and everything. So you use it for the fanatics and you use it for the, the... The spider fang and everything. So, um, yeah. So it was a little piece that he expanded upon in the interview. That's it's just a kind of a cool thing because they can't get it themselves, so they have to raid other sure. people to get bottles. My my stepdad would have been rich as a king then. If that's okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't have a stepdad. That was just a fun joke. Um, I like your fun so joke. Fun. I appreciate it. I had empathy for you for a minute. <laughs> uh, my favorite one is that uh, some of these uh, the, the get mad or the. Gloom Spike gets set a trap for like a Slaneshi warband or what have you, and they lure him into this cave, and it's full of like all all these mushrooms and like the Slaneshi group like unable to prevent themselves from just sort of gorging themselves on these mushrooms, yeah. uh, fall upon the, the the batch or what have you, and then pursue just get driven crazy, crazier than they already were with mushrooms like growing out of their their definition domes. of a bad trip. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> and then it's at that moment that the the gets like descend on him and, and take him out. So I thought that was pretty. Mm-hmm. That, that'll teach it. It's almost. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like they knew. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's kind of a uh, enduring theme about these guys is they can eat stuff that nobody else can eat. Mm-hmm. M- mushrooms in particular, right? Like their their systems are able to eat things that nobody else can eat. Their systems are able to intake things in the air, spores, etc., that nobody else can intake. Uh, so it's a really interesting thing that they've actually have a strength that n- none other races have. Even for being these it's weedy an, little grots. An internal constitution. Ogres. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I mean, come on. Ogres can eat way more things than grots. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, gut we, we won't. We are. Iron <laughs> guts. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a fair competition. All right, cool. So that was the age of that was the age of chaos. So before we jump right into the age of Sigmar, we can sort of talk about like what the transition to age of Sigmar like meant for the Grotz. So I think we read a little bit in the book where they they make a hand wave or they, they reference the fact that like once the Rome Gate Wars kick off and Sigmar sort of you know moves on on mass like on, on the realms that sort of gives the Grotz sort of the cue. And I guess we didn't really talk about like what the age of chaos meant for the Grotz and that like mm-hmm. once the realms are sort of overcome by chaos. Uh, they sort of have to go to ground, right? Because like, they're, by no means are they a, a, a strong force to be reckoned with. Despite this, the fun stories we just described, right. they're still sort of you know outmatched. I, and I think it starts out with like somebody was like, ah, I'll fight this dude, Corgus Cole, whatever, yeah, sure. no big deal. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> run, run, run! And uh, word spread rapidly. Is like, hey, everybody hide. Like yeah. these chaos dudes are for real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So once Age, Age of Sigmar does start to kick off, that's sort of their cue to like, all right, well now there's a chance for us to uh, make our presence re- re-known or you know. Yeah. 
take advantage because I mean that's what all they are really is a bunch of opportunistic dude or kids yeah. even. Yeah, so. it's the epitome <laughs> of two guys wait till the, the those two are fighting and then surprise and attack the the loser or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, whoever wins at the end but is weakened. Sure, sure. Well, the other thing is that they don't have the bad moon during this time either, right? That's not a thing that's really prevalent. Yeah, the, during the Age of Chaos, it had gone away. Well, and it's interesting because in the the map of Slanesh, the bad moon is shown, and the the map of Slanesh's re- reign mm. uh, in the chaos wastes or the the chaos realm. So you think he was just peeping, <clears throat> just peeping on Slanesh? I, I don't mean, know. What are you doing in there? It's kind of interesting uh, because would like that, <laughs> especially since there is no necessarily grot actual influence assigned to the body itself. So you're going back to that well. Yeah, huh? I am going back to that well. <laughs> sure. Um, so. Uh, Age of Sigmar hits. Realm Gate Wars are are, are bumping. Any 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 cool stories come L- out of that? Loon War. Loon War. Tell me about well, it. Well, that's that is the one that's been alluded to, if I believe. I, it's the story of of a group of people in Shyish worshiping a spookier moon. Very spooky. <laughs> is that moon. even possible? Super spooky moon. The lunar gas. And and they they worship it and they think it's so amazing and and uh, then the um, the bad moon gets a little jealous. And comes over and goes, uh, there's only one cool moon around here. <laughs> I meant just a big headbutt. Like, they're just talking. The bad moon looks a little, like, twitchy. Yeah. And he's like, I heard, I heard you're trying to be a cool moon. And headbutts him, the other moon, and uh, takes him out. Well, moon he, on moon violence. Wait, I was going to say, it doesn't take him out, though, right? Like, Luna Guess is kind of its own, like, BA moon, like, to begin with. I mean, in, in this... Who's telling the story here? Yeah, unreliable narrator. <laughs> going back to that, that well. I mean, so that one was just kind of interesting. Again, kind of going back to the heavenly bodies and, uh, you know, where <laughs> this this moon obviously has some sense of itself. Yeah. And so, if there was a connection to the to the Grotz, it's this sense of like entitlement and like they. I do what I want. Yeah, like I mean, like all the Loon Kings have a, a characteristic that feels similar to the Bad Moon's character. Sure, yeah, right. Yeah, um, there was a couple. There was it's a couple. Weird. Also, my 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 toddler has a lot of characteristics. <laughs> the the bad, bad toddler. Bad toddler. Yeah. Um, there was a couple other kind of mentions, and I I I don't know if these are they weren't really full stories, but there was a mention of uh, some Skaven that tried to build a rocket. Yep. To try and shoot down the the bad moon and and one of them was like I feel like this happened. It's it's been done before. Sure, and successfully. No uh, yeah. End yeah. times call out. Who <laughs> <laughs> um, wrote this, Josh Reynolds? <laughs> and then um, oh, there was oh I can't remember what the other one. There was one other reference that uh, seemed the, the bad moon has its own celestial satellite circling around it, and th- there's a legend around that dude that that body that uh, it's the the soul of some grot. Warlord that at one point had Captain conquered eight, eight mountain peaks. peaks. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's the one. So, yep. Uh, yeah. So that's a that was just those kind of peppered things. I almost enjoyed some of those a little bit more. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I mean, we talk about like it's it's fun when they lob those like, hey, thank you for being a fan for so long. Here's a little here's a little you know a <laughs> wink to you. But it still stands on its own. Like, oh, that's kind of an interesting. Yeah, if, story. if no one knew what they were talking yeah. about, they would still be like, oh, it's still an interesting interesting yeah. deal. So I mean, canon. Uh, the dwarves lost here in Age of Sigmar too. <laughs> I mean, that was that was their mo in the old one. Uh, for me, I enjoyed Strange Loot, which was uh, the Skaven uh, warp block uh, engineers. They're like, 
hey, you know what? We get the, one of these loon shrines. We'll bring it back. We'll kind of study it back at... So they, they lift the whole shrine, which Paul knows is very big, right? Yeah. Like you, uh, they bring it back to Skaven Blight, and then once it's there, it just starts sprouting fungus and all kinds of nasty stuff, squigs and stuff just are like, oh no, this is a super big mistake. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, this whole area is a free fire zone. It'll be a weapon testing zone. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. it's came and bite. But what it does, you know, and so I like those little things because it's like, all right, you want to have a game that's uh, Skaven versus gloom spite and it's mm-hmm. happening in skaven blight which probably not a lot of you know like a lot of skaven there probably not a lot of other stuff like it just introduces the option for that so mm-hmm. yeah, it's cool, pretty cool. well and one of the cool things they talk about when you're talking about the loon shrine is that the loon shrines are made from the meteors that come from the moon itself yeah and the interesting thing about them is they're super light they're almost like porous uh so yeah uh um it's a super interesting thing because they have their own magical properties and it seems to light up when people lie around it, which is kind of a fun little thing. So it, it, it gets a yellow glow. And I'm surprised. Like, that seems like a non sequitur. Like, why would that be the case for this particular moon? But yeah, but so be it. I don't make the rules. Sure. Well, and my question is, is this a new kind yeah, of realm stone? Right? We have the eight realms, but this is not from one of the eight realms because it can travel through the realms. So is this a new type of realm stone? Well, I think we come across a lot of t- different types of stone that have the same properties of realm stone. Like, right. There's you know. there's a lot of stuff that exists. You know, ether, gold, loon stone. Warp stone's probably not realm stone, stone, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like these, these things that exist out there that are, uh, you know, but have similar properties but aren't necessarily defined as realm stone. True. Yeah. I would say that it is quite a a convenient MacGuffin mm-hmm. to be able to have the ability to take and say, hey, this is a thing with substance. But I mean, this is fantasy, right? Fantasy does that. It says, this is a thing. It's of a certain substance. Substances are the magic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah. Right on. All right, so we're in the Age of Sigmar, and it's fun. It's like it's, when we talk about the, the typical like ages, you got your Age of Menthe, Age of Chaos, and your Age of Sigmar, but now as like the timeline sort of pr- proceeds to like creep forward, it's not a new age, but like we can talk about like what the what the gits are doing now, like mm-hmm. currently. In the Soul Wars and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So recently, as folks may know, uh, we, uh, because of Nagash's machinations and his actions, um, kicks off this... Uh, uh, this necroquake, which sort of changes the the makeup of the mortal realms and uh, kicks out uh, all sorts of weird stuff into the world. Um, one of those things being sort of releasing wild magic and, and, and you know endless spells and so on and so forth. And what that does is actually kick the bad moon into overdrive, right? Like really drives him nuts. And uh, in doing so, he's he's being even more erratic. I assume it's a he. It sounds like a he, right? Like that's a, that's a dude characteristic if I've ever heard it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to assign gender, but you feel free. <laughs> Headbutting people and uh, we just mentioned toddler. Can we just say it's a toddler? Okay, it's a toddler. Yeah, yeah, it's a toddler. It's not a bad Um, moon. It's a toddler man. Well, at at any rate, uh, it's this this new increased activity and this new increased like maybe potency of the moon is really drawing the gets even even wilder and and more um, present in in the realms. And so we're seeing a lot of that currently. Yeah. it, it's interesting because they talk about the soul wars and like everybody's fighting over these souls and the grouch are like i don't, know. I, I don't care sure <laughs> we don't even i don't even you know don't if have we fun, have souls like right? who cares i want you two to fight so i can come in after you fight and then just kill everybody that's left like sure, that, yeah. that's all i want well and that's that's part of it right so like a lot of the different forces that are amassing on 
uh, I'm not gonna say this right, Nagashazar. Nagashazar. Yeah. Um, the Crots take advantage of that, and they mm-hmm. they sneak around and attack sort of defenseless outposts or cities, or I mean, even some larger uh, fortresses. While you know, while the the main forces are out, like focusing <laughs> on larger threats. Which again, we talked about. That's very opportunistic, and that's mm-hmm. their their jazz. They're jam, not jazz. That's weird. It might also be their jazz. It might also it be, might their, be jazz. their jazz. It's very jazz-like uh, as well. Um, cool. So that's a little bit of history. You guys have anything else you want to talk about when it comes to... I mean, there's the, the, the Overbounder as a character uh, that sure. comes in the age of, of Sigmar, and and his, his goal is to jump over mm-hmm. the bad men, which I think is a very noble goal. Of course. Uh, but just it just makes him a pretty, pretty crazy uh, mangler hero. Um, oh, when we're talking about benign, that's surprisingly benign, like just jumping over a moon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the only, uh, I, I also thought there was something called the Moon Chain War. You remember, yep. like, so we, we covered the entire, uh, we covered the entire Realm Gate Wars thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You remember? That was before my time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, such a better time. <laughs> sure, the, the good old days, as they call them. Yeah. Uh, but in actually, you had the, the, the chain god beast, the chain sun. And there was these huge, huge chains, and once that god beast was Ignax mm. was no longer chained. Well, you know these uh, Gloom Spike gets that came out like, I got an idea for that chain. It's a sweet ass chain. <laughs> I'm gonna turn the bad moon. I'm gonna turn that into a fanatic, <laughs> the biggest fanatic, fanatic the realm has seen. And so he steals <laughs> one of these chains, and I'm like, ah, oh, this this just like, you know, is saturated in that sort of like, mm-hmm. uh, wacky slash clever uh, goblin. Mm-hmm. Uh, or grot cleverness, you know, I, I really enjoyed that. Which, I mean, it takes shooting the moon to a whole <laughs> yeah, level. <laughs> level. Uh, but what was fun about that story, too, was that uh, the Fire Slayers and the Blood Reavers are still fighting <laughs> over that chain. Like, they, they also saw that there's still a battle going yeah, on. to this day. To right? this day, like still fighting over that whatever chain is left. Mm-hmm. But uh, See, Davey, I thought you were going to like the Claggett Smothers, uh, which is this uh, Moon Clan, like, what is it, a Skulk Mob? Um, from the realm of fire, so it's it's a really cool idea where basically it's a forest of pyre wood, I think is what they call it, and it's literally just constantly on fire. There's a forest fire going around constantly, but the wood grows super fast. So within a week, like the woods are recovered from the forest fire, and so <laughs> there's a a moon clan loon king who decides that all fire is bad. Because all fire is representative of uh, Skrasget, is it? I, I'm blanking on the name, but the the sun, which is their enemy, mm. because the moon is their god. Mine right? too, by the way. And so he decides <laughs> to go and put out all fires, like in the age of, in, in anywhere nearby. So like, they get messed up with like the fire slayers and Zinch cults and like anybody that has fire. So like, I'm just gonna go in and I'm put out your fire. <laughs> like they just like. Moon Clan firefighters that start wars to put out flames. Which <laughs> 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 I thought was a pretty sweet story. That is good. All right, so guys, and we haven't even talked about all the stories. There's a lot of stories in here, uh, mm. dear listeners. If you want so many stories. If you want to dive in, there's yeah. plenty more to find. There's okay. Oh, there's, a, there's, there's some stories. There's some oh. more stories. One of the things that I think. Well, and I don't know if now's the time to talk about it, but uh, I mean, I don't know. The, Check the outline. I think I enjoyed. <laughs> I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed some of the thing. snippets. Yeah. Uh, more than I enjoyed uh, the stories. I, I definitely was hoping for a little bit more. I got you. For um, sure. Oh, but, yeah. but we can talk about that yeah, later. Personal, yeah, personal opinion. I get that. Um, so here are the stories. Let's let's move on to the next uh, topic. So we can maybe just get a more sense of sort of who this race is now. We spent a lot of time talking about the Bad Moon. Um, 
and, and sort of what it does. But let's 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 nail this down for for the listeners. We've done some illusions. Let's let's maybe focus on on him. Um, can we start with what? where they think the bad moon might have came from. So I was saying before, we don't have concrete stories from where the grots themselves came from, but there may be some legends on where they think the bad moon came from. Yep. So one, there's multiple theories, and I enjoy this, and they've done this in a number of different ways, uh, in, in a number of different battle tomes recently, where they say, here's you know three or four possible reasons yeah. that it could have occurred. Pick your own. Uh, so one theory is that uh, back when Gorkamorka was an actual being roaming the realms, sure. like, you guys can't see, but Davy's pantomiming being Gorkamorka right now. That's yeah. he's so involving, like he's huge. fish going in the air. Uh, goes to the top of the mountaintop. I'm, I'm gonna bite that moon when it comes by. Yep. And uh, he bites it, and it turns out it's so hard he breaks off some teeth in it, and his teeth that remain in it uh, infect it basically. Empower into being, it. Be, be, yeah. Empower it slash infect it into becoming the bad moon. Uh, so that's one. That's one theory on how the bad sure. moon. Hey Paul, moon. I'm sure you know this. How do where do where do the spider fang? Where do they think the bad moon is? The spider fang think. Um, so this is a cool tie-in from the original background, which is that the there was an arachnorak basically. Mm-hmm. It was so big it bit Gorkamorka's toe. Oh, true. And by biting Gorkamorka's toe, it got some of its power. Mm-hmm. And so they believe that the moon is actually the egg sac of that spider. Gross. And <clears throat> one day, if they are good enough, strong enough. You know, good little grots and boys. Uh, the egg will crack, and it will cover the world in everlasting spiders. <laughs> Which sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, and and then the tragos. What do they think about the moon? Well, I have no idea. What they, do they, think they don't care at all. <laughs> <laughs> they literally just like, oh, what? So, so, so can I, was, I eat it? So no. I was right. I'm <laughs> sleeping. Yeah. yeah. Turn it off, please. You know. No. And I think the last idea is that uh, it's the collection of all the souls of the shamans mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. pa- of past. So yep. they've all collected there and imbued the magic. Mm-hmm. Um, there must be some dirty moon. It's there. a big shaman ball. Yeah. yeah. And because of their affinity for the moon, they tend is to live a... in the same kind of places. Uh, and this is something that they kind of talked about with the Age of Chaos is that <coughs> they live in very dark, moist, just like places that no one would ever live because they're so disgusting and so remote. Um, and that's a lot of the reason why they survived as long as they did, because they live in places where nobody would ever think, I should go live there. Mm-hmm. So they just have been undisturbed for centuries, uh, if not millennia, and which is why they become so powerful now. And the the Soul Wars, um, having all these spoils released, the magic, etc., has started the Bad Moon to really become aggressive and showing up in all these different places, B-E, right? Be aggressive. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like when the Soul Wars happened or when the, the Earth Necroquake exploded and put all that magic out, it, I think it was heading somewhere, maybe like a, like to the beach. Sure. And it was like, <laughs> what? And screeched to a halt. And in fact, it made a <laughs> screeching noise, which is nuts because it's a yeah, celestial we, floating right. body. I remember turned around it. and was like, I'm going to get me some <laughs> and came straight back to uh, wherever the action was. Sure. But, uh, Which is wherever he is, so that's or it is. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else do we want to know about the moon? Um, I think I think between that and like what we talked about previously, and we can talk about its effects maybe and what they do with the the grots later. But like I think Paul led into a good topic in terms of like well, let's more know more about the the Git mob themselves and like wh- where do they live and what do they do. So you talked about how the the Moon Clan right they live underground in uh, dank 
and by that I mean like wet and cold and not like super sweet, right? But yeah, both. Well, really, I, it's I both. will say like the number of times I read the word dank, like <laughs> multiplied my lifetime total by two. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty nuts. So they, they spend a lot of time underground in mm-hmm. the tunnels, which is nuts to think that they're so enthralled with the moon because oftentimes they can't even see it. But mm-hmm. that, I, I get that. Um, but that's not, the, I guess, the only environment because when mm-hmm. we deal with our spider fang, they also sort of live in different environments. They live in the forests and jungles and yeah. what what have you. Yeah, they, they said they live in uh, like old growth forests, basically, you know, um, places with a lot of moisture, places with a lot of just darkness in general. And I think that's one of the things that the Moon Clan uh, that's a little bit different from the old world is that it's not necessarily about having the light. It's about having the darkness. Mm-hmm. It's only when the bad moon itself shows up, they're like, we should go into the light because the bad moon is watching us. Because sure, it's a sweet light. Like, it's, yeah. it's, like, it's a good light. It it's is, my good side. Exactly. You know? So it's that specific light that they worship. It's not just the light of the moon, the light of the stars, right? Which is uh, what it was before with the night goblins. Hmm. It was very much just darkness. Let's be honest. We all know somebody who prefers uh, black lights and Christmas lights to actual sunlight, right? It, uh, do I, I? Who? I don't know. I mean, we've all got friends. If you oh. don't know who it is, it's you. <laughs> yeah. There's not a single black light here. <laughs> um, there's a lot of lights down here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's kind of an interesting differentiation from what they used to be to what they are now. Mm. Uh, they they kind of had that in the old world. Uh, if you've read the Skarsnik novel, which is amazing, even though the old world is blown up, still an amazing read. Uh, that's a lot of how they grew up. And it seems that they kept a lot of that background um, when they moved it into AOS. Uh, they fed on that and kind of moved that forward, which is pretty cool. Um, but the the spiders have kind of started to move into that territory as well. Instead of just being something that wouldn't necessarily live high in the trees or whatever, they have adopted this more moist, um, ruined darkness um, aspect as well. Um, and the Trogoths are now exclusively in this uh, biosphere. I don't know. I, I, what would you call it? Well, Which I, is something I, they didn't used to be. Here's what I'd say, though, is I think we get the dank as their main theme. Mm-hmm. But they do a good job, I think, because uh, I, when I f- they first said it, I was like, oh, they're just in dank places. Does that mean that, like, basing is pretty limited or, like, the realm they're in is pretty limited? But... Um, you know, they talk about the, the Trogoths, like the uh, Fellwater Trogoths are in kind of the the deep holes inside of a, a swamp, mm-hmm. whereas uh, the Rock, um, the... Um, rock Gut Trogoths. Rock Gut Trogoths might even be on top of a mountain, like mm-hmm. high up. Like they don't have to even be down in a valley. So there's, there's still some variation. Um, and you mentioned it, Paul, like uh, they see kind of the harsh areas where people aren't going to be. Mm-hmm. And so in high-ish, they, they just make a blurb. In high-ish, they seek out the desert. Um, mm-hmm. And and I was like, yes, yes, because I've got, you know, I was, I've was i got a destruction army in the desert. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't add these guys to that. Yeah. Um, but but it's, I think just harshness or yeah. Yeah. something to that effect is, is kind of, of what yeah. they are. And I, I don't know how they do the light. I mean, they mm-hmm. have to, I mean, there's desert creatures that burrow underneath too. So maybe that's it. But, uh, yeah. but yeah. Well, and there was specifically mentioned that we have the moon clan, we have the spider fang, we have the trogoths, right? But that there are goblins who left and went everywhere. Right. Uh, so way back when in white dwarf, they had an article about making desert goblins and making swamp goblins. And they gave them little special rules that you could use with other players permission, you know, stuff like that. And they kind of did a nod back towards that, which was pretty sweet. 
Um, there was a cool, just really small detail in um, the fire, the realm of fire, uh, Moon Clan they were talking about, where there were fire spirits, almost like lightning guys. They were fire guys hmm. that were going through and setting all these woods on fire. So that was kind of an interesting idea. Uh, there are lightning guys and there are also fire guys. Um, but the thing that I love is they have now identified a specific part of the realm of Shayish that is the afterlife of spiders. Hmm. And oh, so yeah. they have these like shade spiders that just go everywhere. And that's where the skitter strand specifically come from. Okay. So uh, just as a like enumeration of what actually a skitter strand is. We'll talk, I mean, we'll talk about it when we talk about those units. Um, so... I think we've gotten a sense of where, where they live in the environments that, that they live in. Um, so now maybe we can talk about what the moon, how the moon draws the how, how draws the gets out of their hidey holes, right, and where, where they're living, right. So what's what's mm-hmm. the effect? We talk about the moon and how it flies around and sort of crashes into other moons and so on and so forth. What what does it do to the gets, or what does it think it does, or what do the gets think it does to them? Uh, I'm gonna be a lot talking a lot on this episode because I love the grass. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> that's, is, that's a choice. This, yeah. this, <laughs> This is your episode, Paul. Yeah. Uh, so basically what it does is it takes them from being these little, scrawny, whatever, you know, like not necessarily unbrave, but just like very selfish. And I'd call, it, them, I'd call them cowards. Like yeah. they're coward. And it turns, it's basically the power of the Wa, but out of the moon. So it makes them want to go to war. It makes them willing to uh, band together and... Because there are so many of them, they just swarm out from all these places and just. Is, swarm do you think everything. there's an aspect of like, oh, like when you're in a cave, you can't really see everybody, you can't see how numerous you are, but once you're lured how many out, caves are you in? And so <laughs> if you go to cave in the mountains, I mean, it's like well, they do describe the caves as being like small little rooms of caves, so it, you know, you you don't see, you possibly don't see how many grots are actually in your burrows, sure. right? Yeah. But once you step outside into the the moon, you see everybody. You're like, whoa, sure, we yeah. we can actually do something if yeah. we stand together, brothers and sisters, we can make a change. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and it talks about how a, a loon boss has to basically make them want to go. And they talk about having the clammy hand. Hmm. Um, so the clammy hand is the sign of the bad moon. Feel and so, the clammy hand upon you. Exactly. So the loom boss who feels the clammy hand will be like, this is the time, right? And that's actually one of the things that becomes a main plot point with the army is that the loon bosses that can say and predict when the bad moon is coming become super powerful because the bad moon makes them that much stronger. Hmm. It might have only that they just like randomly guess exactly. right. You know, the, exactly. Yeah, usually that's pretty much what it is. Uh, but I, I definitely got the idea of you turn off the lights and, you know, if you're in like kind of a building in New York City, you turn off the lights and the cockroaches come out. Mm. Like that's very much the feeling of what it seemed like this was going on. Okay, cool, cool. I think that's if we're talking, if we're staying in the category of like what does the moon make them do, it makes loon bosses do some pretty crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Specifically, uh, you know, one of our main characters the idea of these these loon um, asylums, mm. loon king like, asylum for Scragrat, yeah, where where there you know there's other shamans who eat these mushrooms that to try and again to, to predict where it is. It's so important that they're trying to predict and get a glimpse of, um, which is an interesting kind of mirror to um, the um, Excelsior, isn't it? Excelsis. Excelsis with the. Um, What's the big and the glimmerings and all that kind of stuff. So it's this other element that gives them an insight, but just focused on the, the bad moon. Um, 
but the the length that uh, they'll go to um, reach insanity and capture people and humans and other beings and feed them feed mushrooms into them so that they become like crazed speakers of you know a GPS system or early warning system um, <laughs> is a pretty I mean it also a pretty cool element that they've added to this army that is a result of kind of trying to reach the bad moon mm-hmm. sure yeah yeah um, so the the bad moon draws these these creatures from their holds wherever they are underground in the forest, what have you, and so they they march to war, right? It, it draws them to the unspeakable acts of violence, and they're they're looking for a scrap out there. So, um, I guess in a way, uh, these different sort of subfactions that we're talking about are sort of organized in in different manners, right? So they 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 sort of they, they develop sort of the structures of an army, right? So we talk about loon bosses. Paul is mm-hmm. bringing up loon bosses do sort of rise to the top of this group. Of for more often than not, uh, like Moon Moon Clan uh, grots specifically, um, and they develop these scraps, right? That's a, a name for a, a larger force of uh, of goblins, and so they they march to maybe raid to steal uh, stuff resources from other uh, bottles. Yeah, bottles specifically, only bottles. They don't bring anything else back. <laughs> um, the what are the spider thing called? The, the stock tribes. Stock tribes. Yep. So they they you know sort of leave their forests. Um, to go uh, steal slaves or other resources, or just to raid and, and, and spread their I don't know their poisons out there and attack the the forces of anybody really order destruction chaos what have you. So it, it sort of leads them to that's what brings them to sort of interact with the worlds at large. Is to, it it brings them to sort of uh, stake their claim, um, sow destruction across the across the realms, which mm-hmm. is pretty messed up. Yeah, and that's kind of an interesting theme is that the Moon Clan. Loon bosses are the grots that are in charge. The spider fang, it's the spiders that are in charge. And the trogoths, it's nobody. Like, mm-hmm. it's the biggest one who's in charge. Like, and he's not even necessarily in charge. You just go yeah, in one way kinda, and everybody follows kinda, him. Kinda. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so it's an interesting differentiation between other armies. Sure. And they hope that, like, these, these, these acts of violence and the, the, the stuff that they're doing is what's going to either A, um, draw the the bad moon to their location, or if it's already there, they hope to keep it there, right? Because their mm. goal with the bad moon is actually to have it usher in this this new age of what is it, the Everdank? Yeah, they call it right. And so that's their their I don't know their their angle. What's the, yeah angle? Yeah, right, exactly. Um, that's their their goal of destruction, right? Is to sort of remake the world in this Everdank image, and so whether or not so they don't have to hide anymore, just because this what they prefer their environment to be, what have you. Um, it, it's to uh, sort of yeah. I mean it, it, turn yeah. the world. Everything, everything, nothing else can survive in in the glow and the bask of the the bad moon. Sure, like, yeah. people go crazy. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, like, everybody, everything else becomes their their servant then. Yeah, it's not just that the Moon Clan and the Grotts go crazy, <laughs> or like that they get super vicious. Is that everybody else goes crazy, right? Um, it talks about how when the Moon shows up, everything just gets like wet, and mushrooms just start sprouting out from everything. At least I mean, you didn't say, did you go, mean to say moist. moist. I was going to say moist. moist. <laughs> I should have said moist. Moist. Uh, and uh, mushrooms just just start sprouting up on everything, right? Like so, people be walking around. And the moon shows up, and they'll just start getting moist, and and mushrooms will grow out of their head and grow into their skulls and just drive them crazy. It's 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 a power without the grots, right? Like, and that's an interesting thing is that the grots just do stuff because of it, 
but having the the bad moon show up anyway can destroy everything. Yeah, I will. Right? Yeah, on that topic, like when there's pictures in this book of like mushrooms just growing out of people, mm-hmm. heebie-jeebies. Yeah, like, no, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that actually, it starts to add a horror element to the Moon Clan. Instead of like, oh, we're silly, we're funny, we have squigs, and they jump up, and they've got big teeth, and they kill everybody, right? Sure, you, oh, got, a weird, you got a weird sense joke. of funny. Yeah. yeah, It's all fun and games until you get a mushroom growing out of your eye. But uh, Scragrot is the kind of the, the focus of how they tell this story. Um, let's, and, let's talk about him. Yeah. Up. So Scragrot is uh, the definition of an unreliable narrator, right? Uh, it says that he kind of woke up and he had fungus growing into his skull. So he has a fungus crown and then he found a wand to his left and he found a staff with a, uh, a boss shroom growing on I think they make creams it. for that fungal head thing I too, would hope so. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and he starts just leading all these raids <laughs> from this place called the Scrappa Skill, uh, the Scrappa Spill. Yeah. Um, which shout out to Phil Kelly for basing his Iron Jaws army in the Scrappa Skill, the spill before it was revealed that this is where, mm. where it's from. So, oh. um, has it been mentioned before? Uh, it hasn't been mentioned before. This is the first time. So Did Phil you Kelly get inside information. Oh, absolutely. Insider training. Throw him in jail. Uh, so it used to be this huge battlefield so, between jail, all the skins, iron jaws, etc. Uh, and basically, the scrap of skill is the remnants of the metal that was left around that nobody wanted anymore. And so the Moon Clan burrowed underneath it, and there is a cave system underneath that. And so that's where Scragrot has basically started his power base. Hmm. And it says that. For example, like, uh, what is it? Like, there's an, basically an entire city's worth of hammer hall oh, of yeah. grots inside of one of the caves themselves. But so, they can't see each other because they, they're little rooms, and so they're... Yeah, because it's dark down there. It's hard to see. Yeah, exactly. They're like, hey, is, is, is Brad minute. down here? Yeah. Brad, is are there, you down here? Wait a minute. Are, is there a whole hammer hall down here? Sure. Bradley? Brad yeah. the grot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so as Scragrot becomes more powerful, he starts to just, like, have dominion over more and more tribes, right? Uh, more skulks. And so he eventually ends up in the po- position where he has everybody following him and he finds this realm gate to a pocket dimension. And he predicts where the moon is going to come once. And when the moon comes, like I said, it he makes everybody one crazy. time and everybody's like, oh, look at this Scragrot, dude. He's so great. Hey, what have you done? Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know how to make this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it is one bad thing. <laughs> so he gathers up all these astrologers and these astronomers that had way that too much interest gnar. in the bad yeah. moon and like basically just went completely insane and brings them to this realm gate and then he feeds them mushrooms and turns them into mushrooms themselves. Which is a little over the top, man. Right? They can't just be dudes with mushrooms that are uh, that, like grown out of them. Yeah. So they put him in the pocket dimension and he's got these like insane people that have become mushrooms. That just rant and rave constantly. Babbling out prophecies. Like, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. It's, uh, it's called the Lunatic <laughs> Asylum, I think is what they called it. So, like, because he has these guys who are obviously intelligent, even though they went crazy, right? Um, so, at this point, he uh, can predict where the moon has come at least four more times, which makes him by far the most successful loon boss when it comes to describing what's going on sure. and he can predict where the moon shows up so obviously he's got a ton of power and he has a clammy hand upon him oh gross uh but it's an introduction of horror into the background right instead of just like 
kind of so crazy, they silly. Introduce horror. You can't introduce it twice, Paul. But <laughs> but Skagrod is the focus of where this horror comes in in this army, so which it's kind of cool. It's it's a different element to the background that we had before for sure. Yeah, he's I mean cool character and like I, the main like named character for for this faction. Mm-hmm. And. And so, like, he's not the only named character named in this book. There's a couple other specific ones, I think, sort of germane to, to Davy's interests. Yeah, it was cool. I enjoyed that they uh, brought up Molog and Zarbag, who are Gloomspite gits who have found their way into the Mirrored City. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it talks a little bit about them. Zarbag is not exactly sure why he's in there. He's not sure if it's a dream, if he's actually there, if he's... But he's like, you know what, I'll just run through here and steal stuff and stab people sure and he doesn't like want to like his his dudes to know like or, like he's just like ah, well i'm not gonna make a big deal out of it as long as they're not concerned about <laughs> it yeah. yep meanwhile Malog sleeping sleeping in the shyish in a cavern gets w- woken up by some uh skaven he's like oh lame i'm getting out of here and accidentally wanders into uh into shade spire uh and it is difficult to find a nap there but that's what he's trying to do he's trying to find a cavern where everyone will leave him alone mm. and uh <laughs> it's a tough spot to do that and so it's like I, I have nothing like there's nothing to take from me just leave me leave yeah. me be <laughs> but you know I, I i did enjoy that they each had a little bit of call out like hey by the way sure and i wonder if that'll start, start to be like a trend in future books like i think it's gotta be yeah start sure. them in because it was a, a fun surprise to see him oh, so man, it's gonna be maybe. a trend in future books does that mean we're gonna have a dark Earth book soon yeah. Please, please, please. Well, there's. I'll talk real quick, a little more about the Overboinger, Over, yeah. Ooh, Overbounder. Yeah. Um, he is a mystery. He is. He is um, chosen. He keeps his face covered and his feet covered. And I was. <laughs> I was like, do people? Can you telegraph by its feet? Sure. But no, because he stays incognito. <laughs> uh, and so he keeps his feet covered, so nobody can tell who he yeah. is. Um, and uh, so, and I can't remember what is his. Um, What's his motivation for keeping his... He wants to jump high enough to bite the moon. No, no, he wants to jump over the moon. Okay, well, Uh, sorry. But I'm trying to remember why he wants to stay incognito, why he doesn't want people to know who he is... Um, I don't remember it. So sure. the whole reason. I'm sure I got it's not stuck a, I'm on sure the it's pun. Not a great reason. I got stuck on the pun. <laughs> yeah. I apologize. <laughs> I uh, shiny pun. I know. I know they write it. They wrote it for you. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the the you know since since we were doing the you know back talking about uh, these guys coming out seeing the yeah that Mangler model. Yeah, pretty, Mangler pretty model. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, Tasty. so I mean, there's just there's some fun characters uh, in that. Sure. And so I think we alluded to a little before that like these these the moon drives the grats to just sort of, you know, enact violence on on all sorts of people. Do they have any specific enemies? They don't really mention specific enemies. I think because they're destruction. Oh, I have proof that they're they're fungus. Okay, what's that? Because they're sporadic. What? Uh, well, and they're and they seem like they're fun guys, right? So, yeah. yeah. Doesn't even deserve Wait, David, where are you going? Guaranteed. No, David, uh, David come back. You <laughs> can't get out that way. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Um, sure. I mean the nuclear option. <laughs> they do seem to come into contact quite often with the fire slayers because they tend to have their mm. their holds underground of the Skaven because they tend to have their holds underground as well. Also true. Um, but that seems to be most of uh, their regular enemies. Yeah, yeah. They keep accidentally breaking into these places and like either they kill them or they're like, oh crap, this yeah. is terrible. Run, 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 run. Um, no, in that same vein, do you? Do we think they have allies? Like same vein, nice. Underground. Um, do they? Have Seems like they're their own best ally. Sure. Or worst, or worst, worst well, enemies. Yeah. yeah. If you talk about the fungus, um, fungus caster, um, he fungoid cave shaman. Yeah, there we go. Nailed it. Uh, fungoid cave shaman. He leads all of destruction mm-hmm. into crazy things. So 
technically, I think they do ally with all the destruction just because of the nature of the fungoid cave shaman. Sure. But, and if we want to pull in the rules a little bit, which I hate doing, um, they do ally with bone splitters, mm-hmm. the Git Mob, and the Greenskins, which, spoiler alert, it seems like they've just been sunsetted. W- but one of the things that they, <laughs> they do... <laughs> spoiler alert. One of the things they talk about um, as far as some of the shamans being able to steal Wa energy, mm-hmm, yeah. that was an interesting uh, aspect mm-hmm. to where they can kind of like... Uh, was it what's it called when you uh, um, ride behind a uh, draft draft, draft. Yeah. so they, they draft the wall uh, draft or siphon, siphon. Right? yeah skimming <laughs> so they uh, they come up along and they try and do it just enough so that they don't get caught on otherwise yeah. they'll yeah. be like because it will like pull the wall out and then the 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 boss of that wall will be like what, what? the <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, or just smash them out and uh, and so but on the flip side if they can pull that wall energy they can they can create their own kind of they wah. take a fraction of the penny uh-huh. off of every transaction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's a worm, it's a virus. Uh, and I love that they have to do it with the loon shrine. So I'm just imagining like all these grots running around, moving the loon shrine from one place to another, being like, I hope it's close enough now. I hope it's close enough sure. now. Well, can they, they can steal a little bit because the loon shrines are made of the same stuff, but they can steal a little bit in the moon loon stone too, right? Yeah. So yeah, still. Real sneaky, stabby. Um, it was interesting, and again, looking at the rules, and I don't mean to dive too much in them, but like Gosh. they they don't. <gasps> what is it with you playing this game? Like yeah. there's a game associated <laughs> with these. Uh, play this game. Uh, but they don't have, like Iron Jaws is not us. on the list. Like no, nope. why, why? I don't know why that is the case. They're too strong and too boring for all this kind of stuff. Yeah, just like to punch stuff. Yeah, gotta be sneaky. Sure, but I mean, they, not they if you want to go sneak. out of the lore, you can, they don't um, they don't go with ogres either. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's because it's one of those things that keeps those other ones lacking. Because if ogres also had like that meat wall, they'd be pretty. But I want to assume tough. there's more reason than that. Like they they do join Gordrex mm-hmm. like Great Wall at some yeah, yeah. point. Like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, Gordrex a charismatic guy. Sure, that's yeah. true, man. Nice. Guys, but they ooh. don't join generic Iron Jaws. I'm, I'm swooning just thinking about them. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also just like it's right there. The Iron oh, Jaws. The Ard Boys, I mean, the Ard Boys are the wimpiest orcs they're going to have, right? Are they going to really have a grot in their army? Mm. You know, and the ogres are uh, just going to eat all the grots. I, that. I mean, they're just going to eat all the grots because they can't run away fast enough, so and they're they good food. Appetizers. Yep, yeah. exactly. Well, and, and to be fair, uh, the ogres do have grots that they put into service mm, and all that kind of stuff, yeah. and so that probably wouldn't work for the, the Git Mob. They're probably useless stoners. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. They're working at the concession stand. For the, <laughs> a little judgmental of you there. Yeah. I was being an ogre being judgmental. Sure. <laughs> All right. Fair Too enough. much mushroom. Not enough work. <laughs> Where are we at? Let's do this thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, so we, I, I guess I alluded to the, the rules. Maybe we can talk a, bit, a little bit more about like the actual game type stuff. So like, maybe we can talk about the models that we that we have on display or the, you know, the units. Did you guys have any favorites? Uh, that stood out um, yeah. between the Moon Clan, the Spider Fang, the the Trogoths. Ragnarok's one of the best kits in the game. Come on, he's it, awesome. It is real good. It holds up. I mean, it's a fantastic model, and it. I mean, you see it posed so many different ways, painted so many different ways. So yeah. I, is it just generic A Rock, or did any one of the A Rocks uh, grab you specifically? Um, it's just it's the flexibility of the kit. You can do so many different things with it, and I mean, tell us about the new uh, version of it, the Skitter Strand. And what or is, how is that one built? The War Party or the Flinger? So how is, is is any of those new? Uh, the War Party is new, and okay. the Strand is new. Tell us about those. So the War Party is an Arachnorok, but instead of having a Flinger or instead of having a Shaman on it, it just got a bunch of Grots instead. 
Yeah. Uh, and so in game, it means that you get more attacks and you get impact hits when you run into enemy enemies, which is pretty sweet. Hmm. Um, Very and impactful. Then, How exactly. to do? <laughs> Boo. Uh, and then the Skitter Strand is no grots whatsoever. It's just an Arachnarok from the realm of Shyish oh. that generates its so own it realm right gates. Right there the whole time. Yeah. So easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they uh, they're basically a trapdoor spider, but instead of coming from underground, they come from a different realm. And then they snatch their victims and drag them back to the room gate and then devour them at their leisure. That's nice. pretty, that's so it's pretty awesome. Quick pot, like this is what I love what they've done with Age of Sigmar. They've taken existing kits and they said, here's a slightly different way we could build this. Like, mm-hmm. let's combine these different heads. Now it's something else. Yep. We, could, we could pull stuff off and Aaron loves it so much and that's what <laughs> makes it so great. Yeah. I, no, I don't, as a concept, what you just described generally I'm, I'm into I think this is a ham-fisted way to go about it. I do not like the Skitter Strand at all. Really? Yeah, what a waste of time. Like, that, it seems, like, unnecessary and, and overly complicated, and it seems like a fan fiction version of, like, Age of Sigmar as opposed to, like, a legitimate, like, offering that they need to put out. Hmm. It seems like someone, like, needed to make, like, just made up those rules. See, and, I would have oh, said nothing had you not looked me I feel like, in the face. I feel like there's been more missed opportunities, like the Maw Crusher, to be able to just have a Maw Crusher on its own or a Stonehorn. On its own. Or if you just gave me an A-Rock, like, just by itself, like, that's fine. And, like, gave it some version of rules. But the fact that they needed to come up with this specific, like, this dude's from Shyish, and he goes through magical realm gates and steals, (laughs) like, whatever souls and what have you. But in-game? That is very convoluted. I I hear you there. what, What I like is that they have looked at existing kits and found more ways to get more out of their existing like kits, yeah, which yeah. are super cool kits. Sure. <laughs> like the Vargolfs var- and Varga, yeah. or all that jazz. I, yeah, I love when they do it, and they can come yeah. up with like, legitimate reasons for what they are. But, but I'm going to counterpoint for you there, which is I dare you to try. In-game, they ambush, right? They can put it put it on the table more than nine inches from an enemy, which mm-hmm. is our typical rules for ambushing, right? Sure. That's something that Spider Fang used to have in 8th edition that they didn't have in AOS, and they put it back in. And you couldn't ambush with an Arachnarok, you could ambush with Spider Riders. Mm-hmm. So it is something that was in the background, I mean, it was in the world. where else are you going to hide in. a giant spider than in a different realm? Plus, I mean, it's giant awesome pit. to have an afterlife for that it's all about spiders. Like, how amazing is that? Everything you've described can totally be done without making up a magic death spider to, like, do it. Like, <laughs> but a magic death spider is so much cooler sure, than a normal cool. regular spider. you can spider. make your magic death spider be a magic death spider, I, but the official th- rules don't need to be that. <laughs> I, think, I think your statement of <laughs> you can do it without making up a magic death spider... In and itself is completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why would you not make up a magic death spider? You prove yourself wrong. Yeah. Magic death spiders should always be the answer. <laughs> what you're saying is like, I want fantasy, but like not that fantasy. Like I want to get all back from fantasy it's a little fine. bit. It's fine. It's but point just dumb. point taken. Yeah. You, yeah. Fair. Yeah. It, fair. The people who like it aren't. You're dumb. entitled to it's, your wrong opinions. It's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Eric, what's your what's your favorite unit? Oh man, I the new Mangler. Uh, kit surprised me like all get out because I mean the old one was like two balls with crazy like those old crazy faces those old old phones were rough yeah (laughs) yeah Um, and these guys just look I mean and if you see it from all angles like they're big and they're they're like ovular and you know just tons of different shapes and things going on and spikes and tongues and craziness and the chains and how they connect and yeah uh, the long time listeners know I'm a total sucker for a, a figure that can capture movement and uh-huh. that is something that this one does yep, like yep. It, you you can feel the way that they're just whipping around each other yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. and so uh and so i mean some of it is yeah so there's that one was definitely a, a big one i've got another one but i'll i'll let you guys all right david what you got well from a background perspective i like the simple loon boss because hmm. they talk about it and they say 
you know what? This is the hero of these. He's not the strongest. He's not the toughest. He's not the fastest. He's not the smartest. <laughs> he's not the any of them. Actually, you know what? He's not very good. But he does have a lot of dirty tricks. Yeah. <laughs> he'll straight throw like, you know, itchy spores in your eyes, or you know, he'll he'll fake fake death. They're like, oh my leg, and, you know, and I'm like, that's cool. I I gotta go look at this guy's war scroll. I'm like, oh, there's not much on there. Like a little bit harder to hit. But it's fun because you're like, all right, if this guy does anything, then you're like, you know, punch in the air. So yeah, I, of the background, that's the so one he's that the jumped hero out to me. Underdog. That, that that's the one where I was like reading the background. I'm like, I gotta read this guy's war scroll. This is gonna be so cool. I was a little let down by the war scroll, but, <laughs> but from a background perspective, that's the guy I like. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, from my perspective, I, honestly, Mangler's probably would have been my answer. But I will say, I like all the new the new squig models, or I guess like. The, the classic squig models and I think I like them because of that from a model perspective and the background perspective is they, they're a pretty tight like concise like design like whether yep. it's the herd or the riders or like the manglers it, it's you can you can sum them up in a sentence you can say right, well these are fungoid beasts that like to jump around and bite like nonsense whether mm-hmm. something's riding them or herding them around so I'll, I'll say maybe the, the herd is one of my favorites because like the variety of the different yeah, like herders yeah, whether yeah. it's the 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 bait or the the musical like the the symbols and what have you so that's all pretty cool with the, the variety there and again like the the character that they sort of packed in each individual squig where the ones like eating one of the gabos and, and just the different stuff that they're doing one has like the the light on its head like a like a angler yeah, angler fish yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool so that they really had a lot of fun with yeah. the diversity of like what those different it's, like herds can look like it's the perfect aos thing where they're like how can we make this model more itself yeah, like yeah. where what what things can we turn up so it's even more it's essential character exactly and you can that. take a very fundamental baseline of what the yeah. thing is and then iterate on what that is or you know crank that up to a level do you know why the the squigs are the happiest um beings in all of the gloom spike I'm do well i need to run out answer. of the room before this <laughs> yeah happens? this is gonna be a pun this is a setup plug, for a pun plug your ears they're the only ones who felt like they've been heard <laughs> <laughs> So I felt. Um, so I'm I'm pretty into those. Uh, did you say who? Someone said they had other ones. So, the, just, so this one was just a weird story. Um, so the the Boingers, the Boingerot founders. <laughs> sure. You, pre- you so them well. Do, I mean, put it this way. Like looking at this, looking at it. Like, do, do they fit? Like, there's a little bit of aesthetic, of like um, armor. Yeah. Like the you talked about the the loon boss having yeah. armor and a few things have a bit more armor, but like these, like there's no knightly, there's no, there's no I, I don't feel like there's enough justification for these guys. They feel like they've kind of come out of nowhere, and and yes, I I did not predict them. I mentioned that <laughs> it would be cool if there were dudes who had lances on the boingers, like because I thought it'd be ridiculous. But it does not make any sense that they exist and that they, <laughs> that they fit here. So I, there's this. I, that's why I think they're just this quirky thing that I'm like, what? What? <laughs> you're drawn I don't, to it because you're confused by I'm it. I'm confused yeah. by <laughs> it. <laughs> but but I like them a lot. I mean, I, I think you know you see those those five guys there and their lances and all different. There's no there's no way they're hitting. It's hard to sit, hit something with a lance when you're like running in a straight line. <laughs> I mean, they're made to be straight line weapons. Yeah. And these things are like, <laughs> I mean, imagine they're boinging. They have to be like pole vaulting off of them sometimes and like smacking each other with them. Like it just does not make any sense. But how hilarious and is the, that? Well, I mean, that's exactly that's, it. We're I literally mean, laughing about it right now. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, the, don't you guys think that's funny? But I, I do think it would have been cool to have, and I did think that they were going to go more into like the armored, 
Um, and I think it'd be cool if you could find a way to make them more armored or get armor throughout them. And, and, and maybe that's where the, like the, the, the blood bowl, um, goblins uh, could come in or that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But, uh, I just think they're ridiculous, <laughs> but maybe that's the point. I, I think that, I'm sure it is. The One guy was like, we should form a knighthood. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My my sword. What do uh, knights do? My lance. Um, yes. Did anybody else have any other favorites or any like ones that really bummed him out? I feel bad because I led with my one that bummed me out. My well, yeah. favorite. <laughs> so. I, I I like the rocket tragas. Yeah, they're really oh. good. They're cool, and I'm almost entirely on the figures, and almost entirely on the one figure that has a rock tied to the top of his head like a hat. <laughs> I'm like, what? I, Oh, I like that. You know? I, I can just envision him pointing think, back at you. Like, I think yeah. another is wearing like a rock as a shoe on yeah, one foot. I just, I mean, <laughs> those guys are ridiculous and awesome, and that that model's been due for a, a revamp to, for so long that I thought maybe it was just never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I was happy to see it happen, and I just loved what they did with it. Sure. And so, well, it's great because it looks so similar to the old model, right? It's like yeah, a re-envisioning, like yeah. it's a, it's a yeah. reinvention of what the, the yeah. old model was. Even the, same the old ones are so awesome them, yeah. and characterful. Yeah. And they just found the way to like, you know, use their just. Well, and I think more. that's yeah. one of Paul's. Usually, his biggest critique about some of the new stuff is that in the plastic, you don't get quite as much character. Mm-hmm. But I feel like those those uh, rockets, like each of those faces and heads, oh, just man. feels like a super cool. Yeah, in a lot character. of variety too. Yeah, well, and that that Dankhold Trog kit. So they just got the Trog boss, and just the Trogoth, and and like that is such an awesome, amazing. I don't know execution of a drawing in a miniature like i mean you can see the drawing that the miniature was based on the vision that they had and for both of them to have like they do look very different from the same kit and one of the things i love about the dang cold is that he has a cannon worn about his chest as a necklace like he's got a cannon on him and he's like this is a, a really pretty gauge. thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, look at the gun on yeah, that truck. Exactly. <laughs> never going to use it as a cannon. <laughs> like, it looks awesome, so I'm going to wear it. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that was one of the, um, you know, one of my critiques as we were talking before this uh, was, I feel like a lot of the character is in the models. Yeah. You know, just they filled each model with so much story just right then and there. And that's something you want out of a model. Um, but I, I feel it almost felt like the stories we heard were redundancies of what we see, which can be good, right? I mean, the, the lore absolutely fits the models on the table. Um, but there wasn't as, uh, yeah, so, but the, the, it was almost like a spoiler. Everything's just right there. Well, the other thing I think is that this is something we haven't really had to deal in AOS with before, which is that you can't really break too far apart from what the lore was in the old world, Right. And so this is, I mean, like, you still have to have Moon Clan. You're still using Moon Clan models. The Soul Trolls, even though they're no kits, are based on the old designs, right? And and the Manglers were around, and the so. But re- restate your opening sentence there. So this you is can't the first. Go that far. You can't go that far from what the old world was. And so I, I don't think. I mean, true. you have to stick to the roots, and so you're going to be repeating yourself no matter what because you have to stick to what they were, right? Moon Clan are going to live underground. They're going to live in caves. Spider Fang are going to live in webs, and Trogoths are going to live in Trogoth holes. I well, mean, so I think uh, so. The only thing I would change about your your statement is have to because then we we've already got statements of them not living in holes and not living in swamps. And well, not yes, in but the but the so, actual miniature design definitely reflects that that's where they're from. So, but then one of the things that 
one of the things that I really enjoyed about the Flesh Eater Court book, mm-hmm. the Beast of Chaos book, yep. is that they didn't have anything new model-wise. Mm-hmm. And so I think that pushed the uh, writers yep. to find something new and crazy in the lore mm-hmm. that is completely different from yeah. their roots. So I think in AOS, you, they absolutely have the ability. I mean, mm-hmm. the Fire Slayers are absolute departure from their roots. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's a, f- a flame from their roots. Yep. But they go way beyond that. So I, I mean, I think that they, I think they do go and kind of say, hey, the Moon Clan don't have to be in the cave. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I mean is, that, and and what I think it is is that yeah, the the design of like being mushroom heavy design, mm-hmm. a lot of the lore was kind of it just kind of speaks for itself. And so I, that's just what I mean is the lore is kind of redundant. But I don't think it. So I don't think it has to be though. I don't think there's a have to have to be stuck to what the the old world was. So I you're saying that, that the miniatures are so good, they explain the story better than this than the lore could. What I'm saying is that there there that the models carry this army. They're so amazing, um, but the lore rested heavily on just explaining again that they live in holes, that they're dank, that they're that sort of thing. I think the the moon is the most interesting part of, like in the lore itself, mm. like in the stories that we're hearing. I think the moon is the most interesting new character. Yeah, I'd agree. Because they don't mm-hmm. and and there's a few there's a few stories about you know characters popping out and and you know that sort of stuff. But I don't think the stories themselves in this battle tome are as characterful as the stories in the Flesh Eater Court or in Beasts of Chaos or even in Ideneth. I feel like in Ideneth, I remember um, feeling like the stories were like the Ideneth are like, oh, they're they're fish people, they're mm-hmm. a fish race, they're underwater race. But the lore and where they pushed them, I think, was beyond what the models showed. Do you think that was a limitation of having to have three sub factions in one book? Um, possibly, but I, I feel like that almost gives you more to work with if you wanted to. But the same possibly. page count. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess no. You can. I mean, I don't. Uh, you can be an apologist for it. That's fine. I'm. J- I just think it's a critique where I didn't. I didn't enjoy the stories in this as much because I felt like the models gave me. You. I feel like you can not read the lore and you know everything about these guys, mm-hmm. which is almost like a credit to the models. Well, yes. Yeah. And 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 that's what I and, and that's what I wanted. That's what I led with is that I think the models are so great. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I didn't lead with them at this time when we talked about it before. Mm-hmm. The models are so great. I think all the characters just smashed right into them and the modelers and the painters and all that kind of stuff did a fantastic job of mm. bringing that to life. And when it comes to lore, it's almost like all that was left was just to reiter- reiterate yeah, yeah, what you're yeah. seeing on the, on the table. I get in, it. Yeah. in this many pages, you're just kind of, yeah, with, and maybe you're right with this many armies, you're just kind of telling a few stories that confirm what the models already tell you. Sure. Yeah. Um, it didn't leave, not that it doesn't leave much to the imagination, but like it, it describes it for you. Uh, agreed. Any other points of interest that we haven't covered that you guys want to chat about? It better be interesting, so help me God. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, we're going to move on to listener questions. Guys, 
I want to make this a more regular segment, so look out for my tweets and what have you for any future episodes that we do because I, I love getting questions about the things that we're talking about. Uh, so on Twitter, uh, follow us at The Moral Realms, and we'll, we'll put a call out for any future episodes that may have opportunities for listener questions. Here's one of them. You guys want to hear one? Oh, lost my spot. Here Lay it is. Uh, it's from uh, Jimbo at, at Jimbo9Jimbo. Everybody knows Jimbo. Um, which of the Gobblepalooza Grats is your favorite and why? We didn't really talk about the Gobblepalooza, but which, who's your faves? You guys got got faves? I like the uh, Spiker. Why do you like the Spiker? Yeah, because he's, he's basically a scuttling, but he's like <laughs> he's the super creepy horror version of the, the Gobblepalooza sculpts. Sure. So he's the guy with the four, ar- four legs and two arms, and he's got the three eyes, and... He's got the bottles on his back and stuff like that. He's just it's a super interesting reimagination of what the scuttlings were before. Oh. Um so I, I just think it's super cool. I like the scaremonger. Yeah. Because he dresses up as the uh glare face uh, the you know their frazzle git. Yeah, gra- glare face frazzle git like like the scariest thing you can think of is the sun. So he dresses up as the sun, like <laughs> woo! And like, scary sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone's like, oh my god, he's so scary. Yeah. Uh, so got a got a big kick out of sure. that. Sure, I like like the Brugit guy because he seems so grumpy about it. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, man, I'm doing this, but not because I want to. You know? yeah. I'm digging Bargalai because yeah. he's got zombie snotlings uh, where you just control <laughs> them and they just look like like they're out of it. Yeah, so yeah, right on. Um, moving on, uh, Mitzi has a question uh, at Mitney Bat at Eat Bats Mitzi or yeah, at Jimbo and Jimbo, depending on. Well, sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, he asked that if you were a Grot War Boss, what would you be called? I have an answer. Does anybody else have an answer? Now here it comes. It's a uh, Spiznat Moonguts, and let me tell you, I didn't come up with that, but rather I used a name generator. Ooh. Uh, from uh, at www.realmofplastic.com, uh, um, his his Warhammer name generator he creates a bunch of different name generators for different factions, uh, what have you. I'll have the link in the show notes. I'd be boing, boinging, boinging, bong. Sure and gone, yeah. No. Um, but uh, <laughs> wow, right on. So you, what you should have done is yeah. use this name generator because it would have given you a better name. <laughs> Much <than> better <laughs> name. Yeah. Uh, I'd be Frazlet Punstabba. Ooh, did, did you check it out? Puns. I didn't catch puns. As soon as someone around him makes a pun, he just stabs him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to give this guy credit about his sweet name generator. It's cool. It's uh, gonna be in the show notes. What more does he want? It's true. Come on, man. Is that not good enough for you? He gets one. Yeah, everybody gets one. But uh, check it out, guys. And if you have other armies, he has other name generators for those armies as well. Nice. Uh, uh, cool, cool, cool. Uh, Big Jables. You guys know who that is? Uh, what would your pet squig be named? Could it be Cat Chompa? Because I'm getting pretty tired of my cats. <laughs> <laughs> I hate my cat too. That's fun. I think Eric said he had... So much puking. Or uh, or Mangler. <laughs> two names of your Manglers. I thought you had names so, for your squigs, Eric. Uh, yeah, I thought... I was like trying to figure out between it before we got here. I was like, oh, what? Yeah. So like some of the ones that came through my mind, like uh, Franks and Beans, you know, uh, <laughs> peanut butter jelly or, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Peanut butter but jelly time. then I thought about, you know, one of the, in our community, there's an artist uh, painter out of the West Coast called Bleep Bloop. <laughs> and I thought it'd be cool. If, like, one, when they lands, it goes bleep. The other one lands, it goes bloop. bloop. And when they s- smash together. And then I was like, I wonder where he got that name. And I looked it up on YouTube and it's uh, artists and it's super psychedelic music. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm like, okay, yeah, that's it. And it's it's definitely got some good beats. And I imagine everywhere they go, like the squigs randomly land in time and their chains are like snares and all that kind of stuff. So that's, nice. that's pretty nice. psychedelic. And it's a bleep loop. My squig would be named Squigward. 
See, my mangroves will be Peter and Parker. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> Spider-Man, I guess. Yeah. Big yep. dude. Um, Dylan KW at Dylan KW wants to know. All right, so this is a little, you have to make an NPC board element that responds to player units that get in range. Do you take the Arachnorak spider and use the Howda shaman and crew to make a grot village that worships a, spi- worships a spider or a different kit? Dylan. You're barking up the wrong tree, man. Uh, trapdoor spider. It's right there, obviously. If something's going to get near, it's going <laughs> to jump out and get it. Man, I, it can't be that hard. Steve Herner, hit that ground. Now, I'm thinking you take uh, the squig herd kit, take all the squigs, and you give them stems, and you turn into a big, like, Venus flytrap mm. plant <laughs> that's just squig mouths, just... Sure. Worse idea than trapped di- trapped or spider, yeah. but that's fine, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> You're pretty judgy tonight. <laughs> no, nobody could have followed up that solid gold. It's trapped or spider. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you definitely use the Arachnarch Howdy Kit because you can do all kinds of stuff with that. Yeah, I, I've done a ton of stuff. What would you know about that, Paul? I would know a ton. I mean, when you buy nine Arachnarch kits, you get a lot of extra Howdy bits that are just sitting in your bits box. You've never bought Did you just say, how'd you know? Uh, I'm going to show myself out. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was the last listener question. But hey, listeners, if you want to get your questions here for future episodes, <laughs> keep listen on Twitter. And we'll Nailed it. Yeah. Keep oh. Nailed do it. the thing with your ears that you do with, sure. I mean, what? And the thing with the fingers at, or on the typing. Pre- or just preemptively send me questions right now at, at the keyboard. The moral rooms at gmail.com, I guess. Stop listening. Yeah. <laughs> Turn it off. Tweet us. Um, all right, let's do, do some reviews. Do what you wish you did two hours ago. Um, I know this isn't a, like a novel, but we can, we can still review it. What do we think of it? Um, first one, first serve. Um, I'll just reiterate. I I thought I think the models are fantastic. There's a release, and the, they're so careful. And you look at them, and they can be painted so many different ways. Um, they're a modeler's dream, a converter's dream. Uh, the stories just reiterate that. They tell you exactly what you think you're going to hear. Um, there's a couple of r- interesting nuggets, uh, like the Eight Peaks and stuff. Um, but... I think you're you're good with just the models if you need them. Yeah. Cool. I give it um, five out of eight spider legs. All right. From the uh, PJ Shard rating, and uh, that's not intended to be negative. It, it is just a thing where like I, there were things I enjoyed. I really like reading about the Bad Moon, mm-hmm. like understanding what the Bad Moon did. It felt like a fundamental force in the Mortal Realms. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of fun stories in it, Boy, but but at the end of it, I didn't I didn't feel like it came away like having any new insight onto like why Trogoths and Spider Fang and Moon Clan were working together. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I kind of got like, I, I could have got there even without, again, like I could have looked at the models and been like, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. Maybe they I got to the end. And I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. Was there anything interesting about Manglers in there? And I had like, went back and found the, the yeah. boink. Yeah. Which again is not meant to be negative. I think it's a super cool army. I mm-hmm. think it's really funny. Fun, fungi. Thank you, yeah. All right. oh, guys. We I are tried. good. We are good friends. It's only because I like you as a person. Sometimes, which I wow. don't. Know, I don't yeah. know why. I think that's wild. Yeah. Uh, no, there's got to be one. You gotta stab yourself. Now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, from my perspective, I'm gonna get. I want Paul to go last because this is Paul's book. Um, uh, I've emotionally stabbed myself. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I'm in the same vein as is Davey. I'd probably give it like a five or about eight or I mean whatever, whatever the number is. Um, Real natural rating system there. <laughs> <laughs> Sixty-two point five percent. For the same reasons you said, in addition, like I think you alluded to it, the fact that like they did sort of slap um, Spider Fang on and the 
trogs i guess trogs made more sense but uh, this spider fang and like the gargant like didn't really seem to make a lot of sense i think you can see sort of the right i don't think we talked about the gargant at all on this um i think you could kind of see the realization on the rise they're like oh god we have to start factoring some other factions into some of these books and i wonder if we're going to start seeing more of that going forward in that a book of just Moon Clan. If you just would have cut, I'm sorry, Paul. If you just would have cut all the spiders what? stuff out, like what? it wasn't necessary to this book. Like I'm not saying Spider Fang need to go away. I like Spider Fang. Spider Fang are great. Um, well, they're going away. I think deal with it. I think they were the most seen Grot faction yeah. anywhere. Like in in mm-hmm. the fiction. Like Probably we, true. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, yeah. In terms of the books that we've read so far, absolutely yeah. true. Um, yeah. it, it seemed like this very well could have just been and probably should have just been a Moon Clan book, um, and it was the the other other components were just sort of shoehorned in. I Again, think they were like, Trox yeah, Trox when, when are we ever going to get, like, uh, yeah, probably, exactly. probably don't have the... If from a business perspective, to, that yeah. probably makes sense. Like, and they're kind of like the ninth leg. In the same way that, like, Bone Splitters don't have a lot of weight, too, but, like, they got they got a book. Like, I, I would have thought Bone Splitters and Spider Fang would have made more sense together. In, in, Say in, that louder, David. In some ways. Hey, stop having fun over there. Um... And so, uh, just because of that, it, it took me out of it just a little bit. Um, but if they didn't have enough to flesh out a full Moon Clan book, I guess I can't blame them for trying to bring in their, or their components as well. But let's get rid of the neg- negativity and let's see what Paul has to say about this book. Well, I'm probably going to give it a 7 out of 8. I mean, oh. I really enjoyed it. Um, I wish there was a little bit more about the Spider Clan, uh, Spider Fang. Like, it definitely had some awesome stories. Um, especially when you got into the different realms and the different times, little stories were pretty awesome. I mean, they had two spider Fang stories, one of them about like eating metal, the spiders eating metal and then having these like parachutes or they would parachute down. That was amazing. And then another one where they would feed them like, uh, the spirits and then they would make this like shroud of darkness. Right. And it was a really cool element that I wish it was just carried on a little bit more because it felt like the first 10 pages were kind of explaining what the faction was and what was going on. And they give an overview of this and an overview of that. And it was a cool story, but it didn't necessarily work to tie them all together in as well. And when you got to those little stories, it added the character that I really was hoping would be in the first like 10 pages. It added the character, but it was separate from the story. And I wanted those two two elements to weave together. And that would have made it a like, much stronger... Like, like some sort of web? Exactly. And, and to me, it would have mu- made a much stronger feeling of it being an AOS book instead of a like 8th edition Battletoad, which is a little bit what, like, like what it felt like to begin with for that first 10 pages. Seven? Oh, yeah. Still a 7. I mean, I'd like some, the stories were great. I, I, I love Scragrot. I think the background for Scragrot was awesome. I love the moon. I think it was amazing. An amazing uh, implementation of a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought that any of these factions would not make sense together. To me, that they totally make sense. Um, I could see how they would work with the Bone Splitters for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems like a relatively natural coupling as well. Uh, but I, I think it was a great idea um, to leave Git Mob out of it. They could have shoved Git Mob in here, and I think that would have felt really awkward. Uh, especially since apparently, passing line, Gitmob worship hmm. the sun. Oh, yep. really? They do worship yeah. the sun, yep. Yeah. Um, Frazzled Git. I don't know why I can never remember. <laughs> yeah. Spite face. Yeah, spite face, Frazzle Git, uh, I think is what it's called. Uh, yeah. Sure. So um, I like that they did not put Gitmob in here just to put, like, oh, it's going to be a grap book, right? So 
there were definitely some choices that I could understand how people would be like, oh, this didn't feel natural. But they left out the choice that, to me, would have made it feel completely unnatural. Sure. Um, I think, I think to, to Aaron's point, if I think the spiders... I feel like it does a disservice to the spiders because I feel like they're probably one of the coolest ones. Like, And could you have even made another like forest goblin mm-hmm. foot soldier kit yeah from the arachnorock oh you know, no that sort of stuff but that's like but that's such an integral element of who they are and i think that's what he did really well in this book is he talked about how the spider fang were not run by the grots they were run by the spiders so having a unit of foot grots to me is like it totally brings you out of the theme of the army it brings you out of the narrative of the army Right, and so I understand how tactically that would make sense, right? Like I know people are writing lists with Moon Clan and using maybe if they foot, were but infantry with lots of little spiders. On well, them. if if they would have done the snufflers, right? If they would have done the snufflers with forest goblins and having the dead spiders on the back and like having some like that would have been a cool way to kind of put new that new model idea. What if you took a grot and a spider uh-huh. and you merged them such like the grot had a bunch of legs? And you mean like, like daggers and like stuff. a scuttling? I don't, like I don't understand that word. Yeah. That means nothing. So me. they had the scuttlings, and I thought that's where they were definitely going to push the race forward to, but they did not do that. Interesting. So, GW1. I'm not, yeah, I'm not horribly disappointed because that wouldn't have been all that unique of an idea. It was unique <laughs> when it came out in Silver Tower. You but do see a lot of like goblin spiders. Yeah. yeah. All, all the time. All the time. Yeah, constantly. <laughs> I'm getting really tired of those goblin spiders. Well, around he around me, you see a lot of goblin spiders <laughs> all the time. All right, cool. I think Spide that, tars. That's probably it, everyone, and listeners, and everyone. <laughs> everyone and listeners and everyone. Uh, let's do it. It's time for our reforging. Like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Comment below. Leave a review for us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the Mortal Realms. Where can we find you guys? I'm Davey. You can find me at, at red underscore Z. Uh, I'm Aaron. You can find me at DoseAceOs. And I'm Paul. I am at PJ Shard. And this is Eric at Stonemont Gamer. And check out all of our podcasts, the different phases, and what the hecks at the www.themortalrealms.com. You better make a fun guy joke or I'm going to be so mad. Well, now it's ruined. Yeah. <laughs> building up and just building Ooh, He was going to get there, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know he wasn't. I want bits on the drive, bits on the drive. <laughs> Aaron, it didn't come out right, but we all know you just got owned. So. <laughs> and it hurts, me, it hurts me real deep. We seem to be blowing out a the little only, bit. The only place I can be hurt. Oh, you're right. So, and once a... <clears throat> All right. You're the scat man. Yeah.